This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome into the Gig'em 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni on a, what we can call, I guess, a Transfer Portal Monday. The Transfer Portal opened on Monday morning, um, and it's it's been, in some ways, a busy day around the, around the country, and, and in some ways not, because a lot of these guys declared their intentions in the days leading up to to the portal opening that they plan to do so, and so today is more of like the finality of just of formality, should I say, of just entering into the portal and 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 beginning to have contact with with coaches, uh, Brian. What's what's been your impression so far of, of kind of what you've seen from the transfer portal kind of window opening today? So I know that A and M fans are, you know, there's a lot of guys in there, um, but just looking around the country, there's a lot of guys. Every school was being hit, you know. People are losing starters. I mean, oh, Alabama lost a starting offensive lineman. That doesn't that doesn't happen. Um, you know, Bama is one of those that brings a bunch of guys in and doesn't lose starters. So, uh, and then A&M still, even with the guys who may have been a bit surprising today, A&M still has not lost many guys that it needed to keep. You know, it would have been nice for some of them, but really, it's sort of the 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 two true freshmen that A&M that the coaches didn't have a chance a choice with because. It was a school decision. And then uh, to Misha Adeliak, you know, those that's really it, you know, as far as guys that they would have, you know, gone gone to the mat for uh, would have been nice. Josh Moten, you know, would have been nice if for depth, depth and no other reason. But, you know, I think that, you know, he was reportedly or arrested over the weekend and it was the third, third time this year. So, you know, I don't I don't know if he necessarily had a choice, you know, but. But really, AM has not been hit that hard, even though there are, are a lot of numbers. Yeah, a guy like LJ Johnson is another guy that that probably would have been nice depth-wise to keep in the backfield, especially if Devon Achein opts to head to the NFL. But to your point, I think the 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 talk coming in to this this month and over the last couple of weeks of the regular season was all about this this mass exodus from the 2022 class and all these guys that are gonna end up leaving. And some guys have. That's been natural. Guys that didn't get a whole lot of playing time, like a guy like Ish Harris, who uh, tweeted tweeted in the days leading up to the, the portal opening that he that uh, he planned to enter and and said that he's officially in there. Um, I don't know if his name has quite shown up yet, but I would expect it to be in there uh, by the end of the day Monday or or early Tuesday. 
aside from a couple guys like that, obviously PJ Williams and Denver Harris are guys that um, are expected to move on and, and had run into trouble over the course of their first year at A&M, but there wasn't like this mass exodus, you know, guys always pointed to, to the Evan Stewart's and, and Jacoby Matthews and all the defensive linemen that they had and none, and that hasn't really transpired. And I, I think, you know, you were on a, on a, on the live show earlier today on 24 seven, I think you brought up a good point that the LSU game kind of was really big in the sense that it just gave a glimpse into the future. And, you know, to end five and seven, you can end the season on a high note. We talked about it at that time, just to be able to have some momentum and to give some of these players that glimpse of, of what the future could look like as they continue to de- develop into the off season. Um, you know, I think it it's it bodes well for AM on that front. You're gonna lose guys. It's the way the transfer portal works. I think that's that's certainly right. Heck, you look at a at a school like NC State, Devin Leary was probably one of the surprises of today's starting quarterback for NC State enters the transfer portal and, and that's a team that um is is preparing to head to a bowl game. So you're gonna lose starters at times, you're gonna lose key contributors. It's just the nature of the beast this time of year, but you know, for the most part, I think with A and M, it's 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 been a lot of guys that want to look for a new opportunity to maybe get some playing time elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. I mean, when the wheels were falling off this season, well, which is pretty much the whole season. Yeah, until, the, until that LSU game. You know, Nick Saban wanted to talk about how Alabama was on a three-game win streak. Well, then A and M was on a two-game win streak in the season. <laughs> for counting that, one of theirs yeah. was against. Uh, an FCS team, A&M's was against UMass. Um, well, they had an FCS so, team in there, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When he was bragging yeah. about this three-game win streak, one of them was the FCS. The other was Auburn, and then the other was Ole Miss, who fell apart. Yep. So an FCS team, a team that didn't make a bowl in Ole Miss. Um, you know, great job selling yourself, Saban. Uh, but, yeah, during the middle of the season, I mean, if you would have asked me, if you would have asked fans, I mean, it looked like a lot of these guys were, like, going to be gone. I mean, Evan Stewart – you know, it had, you know, it was early in the year, but, you know, when he missed a game due to suspension and then just, you know, quarterbacks are having trouble getting him the ball, I would have thought he was gone. Uh, you know, Gabe Denby, uh, Walter Nolan, you know, a lot of those defense alignment people just sort of assume because, you know, they may not have been happy with either the product on the field or their playing time or whatever, but it really looks like AM is going to keep almost all of uh, these guys. And obviously they would have loved to have Denver Harris and uh, – and PJ Williams stay, but you know that was that was out of their control, so that was going to happen. Uh, I actually don't think either of those guys would have transferred if they didn't have to. So really, so far is just Ish Harris, and Ish is a good player, liked him in high school, but uh, you know a small school kid, and he, uh, I don't believe he saw the field at all this year. Uh, if he did, it was very briefly, and you know with A and M lacking depth at linebacker, that was probably sort of a sign. And an A and M's expected to get all of its linebackers back next year, so it's not going to change that depth chart for him. No doubt in quarterback, obviously that that was probably the one position you maybe expected to see some attrition, especially with Connor Wigman um, grabbing hold of the starting job late in the season and, and playing pretty well, and Max Johnson being there as well. Haynes King and and Eli Stowers both announcing their intentions to to enter the portal, and and neither is a huge surprise for me. I think you know it was it was probably time for for Haynes King to. To move on and find a find another opportunity, I, I I still think he has the chance to be be a good player in in the right offense, one that maybe um, allows him to use his legs a little more and use his athleticism. It just wasn't going to really 
work out, I think, at A&M with, with Max Johnson and, and Connor Wigman there. And same goes for, for Eli Stowers, you know, great kid that battled some injuries his senior year of high school and, and, and during his time at A&M. But, you know, good athlete that, that'll probably look to find the right system, maybe one that, that again, can, can kind of utilize his athleticism and, and get him out on the perimeter a little more. But, you know, those, those, those ones to me kind of strike me as, as playing time opportunities. And then, like you said, basically Tanisha Adelaide is one of the, one of the ones that I expect he'll be probably a, a pretty highly, highly recruited player. He's already announced a lot of offers. Oh, he's already picked up a bunch of offers. Yeah. He and PJ yeah, Williams both have been pretty active this morning and today. Chase Lane has also picked up a couple offers yeah. since, since he went in another guy that really good representation of A&M and, and will, um, We'll get some power five interest. Has got some power five interest already, and so you know there's. Yeah, guys I saw Elijah there. Judy got an offer this morning. Elijah, so Judy Elijah got Judy's an offer. on the yeah, board with an offer. He's potentially. I think he might have a visit set up to Nebraska. So yeah, that was um, that was who his offers know. from. I think that's it as far as offers so far. Now again, today's the first day schools can talk to a lot yeah. of these guys. So, so that, uh, that was going to be my the first day. Too. Officially, schools can talk to. It may not be Correct. the first day, but kids aren't going to post about offers before today if they if they, they did have them. Done the, schools were skirting the rules. You know, schools aren't going to admit it, but they've done the back channeling and talked to trainers and high school coaches and and all those sorts of things. Which you know, on both fronts, is the way a lot of kids get advised to do it is to kind of put feelers out and see what the market would yeah. be like for you. And, and make sure that you don't enter the portal and, and not have a home. So it's just kind of naturally the way it works out. It's not really even, you know, in most cases, schools doing anything nefarious. It's, it's you know, folks kind of reaching out and, and kind of getting a sense for what, what, what things will look like. I think to your point, that's the other, that's the other thing I no, notably that I took away from today is, you know, I think, I think when, when fans kind of look at this, there's this natural inclination that at 1201, everybody was going to be in the portal and, and names could just start, you know, people could just start offering and, and, and things could go from there. But the reality is we've talked about, sometimes it takes 24 to 48 hours for a name to go into the portal. So names, even guys that declared their intentions in advance of, of Monday, it's still going to take maybe some time to get into the portal, have their name show up and be able to fully start talking to schools and, and, and have those conversations. And, you know, it's a busy day around the country for kids talking to schools and talking to coaches. And, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I think, I think you kind of have to give it a day or two to let things, to let the dust kind of settle, let everybody get in there. Who's, who's playing again. And there's going to be names. This is the start of a 45 day window. There'll be names that'll pop in over the next couple of days and weeks as well. That's not to be forgotten at all. Today's just the first day, but I think there were a lot of folks that were curious how this was going to work out, how it was going to, how it was going to uh, kind of come together. Even personnel departments weren't really sure how this was going to go with kind of a portal window and, and portal period. So, but I think for the most part, it's been pretty smooth. No, I, I, I agree. And, you know, like you said, it's colleges. So here's how it works. A kid, it used to be you had to go and get a college coach to sign off on your transfer and all this stuff. And then, they, you know, you may have been limited, like you can't transfer to any future opponents or things like that. Now there's none of that. There are no limitations. And all you have to do is request that your school put your name in it. You don't even have to go through the head coach. You just have to go to compliance or whatever, ask them to put your name in it. And when when you ask that, they have 24 hours to put it in there. So 
while A&M has had these players, you know, last week, say, you know, like uh, like Ish Harris or Denver Harris, last week they said, hey, I'm, I'm entering the portal. They can't, re- they can't officially ask A&M to do that until this morning, uh, Monday morning, and then A&M has up to 24 hours. Now, we've seen a bunch of guys in, so it looks like they're doing it a quick turnaround. But, but yeah, that's why it wasn't, you know, just, a, you know, an onrush at, uh, at midnight because you, know, you have to go through all this process. So we will – see a lot of these names continue, you know, tomorrow will be another big day. And then, like you said, throughout this 45-day window, you still, uh, still may get more, you know, for kids that may be on the fence now. No doubt. And, you know, A&M's, A&M's working through the list. And, and um, you know, there's, there's a couple guys that have been connected to A&M and, and mentioned as, as potentially having mutual interest. But after the break, we're going to take a look at what, what are kind of the key positions for A&M to attack in this transfer portal. They've taken a couple guys in the past – couple of years and Max Johnson and um, and Jameer Johnson but Jameer Johnson uh, yeah Jameer Johnson I always forget his name I think that's like the joke on the show we can't remember him no doubt Um, but we'll we'll touch on a couple areas we think A&M needs to needs to really address during this transfer portal cycle so stay tuned after a quick break okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back into the Gigum 24-7 Sports Podcast. I am Andrew Hattersley, joined by Brian Peroni. Brian, uh, you know, there's. I think we're going to see a more active A&M in this, this transfer portal cycle. You and I have both talked about that. I think there's positions that, that they're going to look to to attack. Receiver is one for me that, that, it, that they can still add guys at linebacker, even though they have guys expected to come back. I think that's still an area you can add depth, add productive playmakers, a um, couple names jumping out to me early on. One I, I mentioned last week on on the board is Andrew Armstrong, a Texas A&M Commerce receiver that um, you know FCS players could enter could enter before last week. before they could enter last week. And so Andrew Armstrong's a guy that's been in there for a couple days already, and um, interest came quickly for him from Texas A&M, Arkansas, Missouri, Texas. Uh, he has visits set up to Arkansas and Missouri. Um, you know, intriguing guy at 6'6", 180, um, and, and very, very productive at te- Texas A&M Commerce. I do get the feeling, though, that A&M's going to have to move quickly. You know, he's already got visits set up to Arkansas and Missouri. And, you know, when I talked to him last week, he, we, we kind of talked about, is he waiting for, for interest to kind of come in, or is he setting up visits? And he said both, frankly he's kind of moving ahead with the process already. So that's a guy I think that the the process is going to move quickly with. And, and, you know, I'm 
if A&M wants to get in the mix there, it's probably going to have to happen over the next week and a half to two weeks. Oh, no, for sure. Um, yeah, and he's, he's a kid. He's a wide receiver from A&M Commerce, played at Dallas Bishop Dunn. Tall kid, 6'5", mm-hmm. which A&M needs that uh, height at receiver. Now, the position that I didn't think was as huge a priority but now is, if for nothing else than depth reasons, is um, cornerback now. Because, you know, you've had uh, Brian George, you've had Miles Jones, uh, Denver Harris, and Josh Moten all enter uh, the portal. So, you know, they're, they're going to need some depth at, depth at corner. So I would look for A&M to take a couple guys there. One guy that jumps out is uh, Avery Helm. He was a four-star uh, kid out of Fort Bend Marshall a couple years ago, played with uh, H.P. High School. And he's at Florida, and uh, he announced, I believe, yesterday that or this morning that he was planning to enter. So uh, he's a guy I would say to watch there. And, you know, just talking about this, I mean, AM is going to – they have to take a lot of guys. I mean, they're, they're just if you look at the roster, it's down to like 60 or something now, and then there'll be there'll be uh, more losses. And there are only 11 commits right now in the, in the high school class. So they're going to take a bunch of transfers, and not all of those are going to be superstars. You know, AM wants to get – those stars and plans to get it. But, you know, some of them just are going to be depth. You need depth. So I wouldn't look to, to think every single guy is going to be a splash, uh, a splash get. Um, but they're all at least have a chance of starting. And I said, if nothing else, they give you, uh, give you guys off the bench and in the rotation. You just look at the way this past year went with, with the injuries and, 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 how far A&M had to go down on the on the depth chart in terms of playing young guys and and guys that frankly a guy like Marquis Marquise Groves Killebrew that was coming back from an ACL injury at the end of his, his senior year of high school and you look down at the at the end of the year and he's playing significant minutes and playing significant yeah. role as a freshman and so I do I do think you know it it may not be those those star names. A name that jumped out to me too. I'm really curious to see if A&M does pursue and and is a name that they pursued in in high school is MJ Daniels. Um, there's one that I don't know if he is officially in yet, or he tweeted his intention last week that he planned to enter the transfer portal. Former teammate of McKinley Jackson, so that's an interesting name to me. If you're looking at depth in the secondary and and depth at the cornerback position, that. You know, if I was A and M, I would I would look at a guy like that and and would provide one of those. You know, it might, it might not be the splashiest name, but a transfer from Ole Miss. Uh, previous, I kind of bounced back and forth. I was laughing with somebody recently about about his recruitment that he kind of bounced back and forth between Mississippi State and and Ole Miss a couple times. It was kind of it, it was kind of a Mississippi battle between those two schools. But I'm with you. A guy like him, a guy like Avery Helm. Um, you know, even and then you got the one that Oklahoma fan, Oklahoma State fans are really upset at AM about because they think they tampered. Yeah, you know, AM who hasn't been. offered anybody yet and has not been great at the portal through the years. Exactly. Now being Mason, accused of being the one that's tampering. I'm not quite buying that one. Yeah, Mason Cobb is the guy that, you know, there was all kinds of uproar. And I checked with some folks around, you know, Oklahoma State and and, and all that. And and one of the things brought up to me, the person who who uh kind of made the claim has made claims in the past about other teams continuing to, to do it as well. So this is not a, this is not necessarily a new thing. Look, if, if a were to end up with him, I think he'd be a great ad. He was the second team, all, all big 12 performer leading tackler for the Cowboys last season. Kind of one of those guys that, you know, we talked about linebacker and, and if a wanted to go after, 
you know, a productive player like that, I think he'd be a great fit. And, um, you know, from, from out in Utah. Um, but yeah, that one, I was, I was sitting down to, to cover the A&M Boise state game, which was, was not pretty. Um, and you know, there was, there was all sorts of kind of uproar and unrest about Mason Cobb entering the portal. And I think that's, that, that got him on our radar for sure. Yeah. Uh, still, by the way, has not said anything about being offered by A&M or anything. Exactly. So, yeah, that, that was, that was a fan site that I think was a bit too much of being a fan. Cause again, I mean, I think everybody, uh, you know, we've talked about the tampers in some way or another goes yeah. to the back channels and stuff. But once again, A&M does not have the same uh, mechanism, recruiting mechanism in place right now that, uh, that other schools do. So, you know, that would be weird for just A&M to not even have much set up for the portal. And all of a sudden just to jump in and start recruiting the guy, start calling him or whatever they'd have to do, especially because he's from Provo, Utah. So it's not even like he has, you know, ties to ties to anybody. So yeah, it's a, that that was a bit odd, but Hey, you know, Maybe AM gets involved, but yeah, I don't think and 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 linebacker isn't I mean is a is a need, but it's not the one that you know they have the starters coming back and everything. So who knows? Yeah, it's it's one of those joys of the portal, right? It's kind of like that's gonna be, I think, um, you know, we we joke about the the we didn't want him anyway fans who just kind oh, of yeah. every time a player anytime a player goes elsewhere, well, we didn't want him anyway. We had kind of passed him. I think we're gonna get the well, so and so tampered with him. Um, oh yeah, oh, we're going to get those fans for sure in the in the future. Just every time a player enters, well, you know, so and so had, you know, it couldn't have been our fault. Uh, couldn't have just. Yeah, Nick Saban will have a press conference about it this summer. He'll talk he about will. how much how every every player a and signed they tampered with. So yeah, but it's going to be accidental, right? It'll be accidental yeah, one hundred percent. It wasn't well, a shot. Yeah, it wasn't hundred percent a shot, and uh, you know, Greg Sam- Greg Sankey can get out the reprimand. Yes. Uh, again, and, and make things interesting, but but no, I think I think I'm with you on the on the secondary. And another intriguing name I'm I'm interested to see if if A and M does get involved with is JD Coffee. He'd be a, another guy in the secondary that um, was a former 100, oh, top 100 prospect out of Kennedale, uh, went to Texas and and is in the portal as well. So you know that would be another guy if if you're looking at secondary options and 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 guys to add depth there. I think. I think he'd certainly be another, another opportunity, but there's going to be a ton of guys out there. And, uh, and you know, I think you, you will start to see A&M start to be connected to more and more guys as, as the week goes along, as guys get in, as they start to take phone calls, as, as offers start to go out. Um, I think you'll start to see A&M be more and more active as, as the week goes along. This is the first of 45 days. So it's going to be interesting to see how this kind of goes over the, over the next month and a half, obviously there's some teams still preparing for bowls too. You're trying to kind of juggle the transfer portal with the early signing period right now, which is, which is also going on. And, you know, just touching on that. And as, as we kind of move into the last two and a half weeks here of the early signing period, yeah, I know you, you've been checking on David Hicks and, and Damian Sanford and, and that looks to right now be, be pretty promising in A&M's favor yeah. of being able to keep those two in the fold heading down the stretch here. Oh, no, for sure. But, you know, again, A&M only has 11 commitments, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't think the plan this year was to take a huge high school class like they did last year with 31, but 11 is, is not ideal. So they're going to need to add people there too because transfers are, 
you know, unless it's a redshirt freshman or something, transfers are rentals, you know, and, and they're also guys that are going to be looking towards the NFL. So you can't, you know, you can't go, uh, you know, Bill Snyder, uh, Kansas State, I'm going to really date myself here in the 90s. That's how he turned around Kansas State was bringing in junior college players, but he would have to turn over his roster every two years and it ended up not being sustainable. You can't do that with the transfer portal either. Um, you know, you need to have a base of, uh, of homegrown talent. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the early signing period starts two weeks from Wednesday. Um, and so that's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to be one to watch as well. If it, you know, can AM keep all 11 guys? Can they add others? Can they get in, on, you know, back in on Anthony Hill? Can Tony Mitchell, the Alabama commit, who's officially visiting, can they, you know, flip him? So there's a lot of things to watch there. So AM will be. We'll be busy this month. There's a huge official visit weekend, not this coming weekend, but the one after. Uh, I can guarantee you that they'll have transfers in to visit uh, to visit as well. So it, it's going to be a pretty active uh, month or so. Yeah, no doubt. And and speaking of kind of a busy December, Javon Thomas is another guy that uh, May and M is looking to hold on to down the stretch. Got to got to catch up with him on Friday night. T.J. Rushing and Brian Gross Armiento were out at that game. There was that sideline was just flooded with staffers we were talking on the way home from that game that texas had like three staffers yeah. out there um with with they had, they, they, had they had two commitments in the game so they you know they weren't on just sides, watch so. Javon, so. oh exactly yeah. no they were there obviously malik muhammad trevor gooseby um Kyle oh, they had three commits that's right yeah yeah and uh they had malik muhammad billy walton and trevor gooseby all yeah all there so kyle flood pete kwiatkowski and terry joseph were we're all on the sideline. Texas Tech had a couple guys. SMU had some staffers as well. Um, so there were there were quite a few assistants out on the sideline. Javon Thomas um, has kind of solidified his schedule now. South Oak Cliff will play on Friday night against Argyle. So um, sounds like after that he will head over to to Fort Worth for his official visit. Wouldn't be surprised if he if he just ends up heading over Saturday morning, obviously, and then staying through staying through Sunday, um, but we'll do his TCU. He could stay through Monday morning if he did that, but he could, usually yeah. doesn't happen. And, and so, you know, he, he technically could stay um, until then, and, and then he'll do his Texas A&M visit that last weekend as well with, with like you said, it's supposed to be a big official visit weekend. That was yeah. the plan all along for Texas A&M to get the last official visit, and I think that that certainly bodes well for A&M to be able to counter whatever TCU – puts on the table this weekend and, and really presents to him. So, um, you know, I think that one is still trending in a, in, in, in a very encouraging direction for A&M, but, you know, you're going to have to finish out the week strong and, and, you know, he's going to have an in-home to come. We kind of talked about his official visit and in-home and said he really wants to understand the plan for the future, where this A&M program is going to go after this year. So, you know, that's going to be one of the most important talking points. Um, we'll yeah. certainly be back next week, Monday, to to kind of look back on, at what it will likely be a busy week and, and likely have a clearer direction of, of who A&M is, is really looking to go after in the transfer portal and look ahead to that big weekend on the, on the recruiting trail coming up December 16th through December 18th. You'll have a uh, state championship weekend as well that weekend. Um, so it's going to be a big weekend around the Lone Star State. Be sure to stay locked in on the Gigam 24-7 Sports YouTube page. We'll continue to have content coming throughout the week. And, um, you know, if you if you haven't done so yet, be sure to like and share this video and subscribe to the YouTube channel or 
to the Spotify and iTunes channel if you listen to this on the podcast to get the latest when new podcast drops. Until then, have a good week, everybody, and, and we'll see you guys soon. Baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.